Welcome to this series of Bible lessons on the New Testament. In these 42 lessons, we will teach the history of the Lord Jesus as delivered to us in the four Gospels. We will start with the days that led up to Christ's humble birth in Bethlehem. We will then look at his blessed ministry, his suffering, his death, and resurrection. His humble life on earth concludes with his ascension, and after this, the blessed outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, we will teach the calling and ministry of the greatest evangelist that ever lived, Paul the Apostle. These last lessons are taught from the book of Acts and include Paul's missionary journeys. Be sure to use the lesson guide with questions and knowledge exercises presented with these lectures. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. In Lesson 25 of our Bible study on the life and the ministry of Christ, we wish to focus on Jesus before the Council. We will see this in three parts. First, Jesus before the Council, which you may find in Matthew 26, verse 57 through 68. Then, a Peter's denial, which is in Luke 22, verse 54 through 62. And then, in part three, Judas' death, which is recorded in Matthew 27, verse 3 through 11. So first, Jesus before the council, Matthew 26, verse 57 through 68. It was late in the night when the soldiers and the rulers took Jesus from the Garden of Gethsemane to the home or the hall of Caiaphas. They called the council to meet together that they could judge him. And although the disciples had fled from Gethsemane when Jesus was taken, we see that two of them could not resist following. And we would believe that it was the love in their heart that they wanted to know what would happen with Jesus. And so we see that John went before. John was known by some of these rulers. And so he was allowed to enter the home or the hall of Caiaphas. And when John realized that Peter had also come, uh, then he also asked for Peter to be allowed to come in. So John and Peter were also there when Jesus was being judged. They wanted to see and they wanted to hear what was going to happen. <clears throat> and so when the council had gathered together, uh, then they began to look for witnesses that could give an accusation that they could use before the Romans. They were not allowed to kill Jesus because they were subject to the Romans. So they had to have an accusation that they could bring to a Pontius Pilate that would be worthy of Jesus being put to death. 
And finally, they found two false witnesses, not even true witnesses, who said that Jesus had said that he would destroy this temple and raise it again in three days. Now we know that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said that if that temple was destroyed, then he would raise it in three days. And he was referring to the temple of his body. But the Jews did not care. Even if it was a false accusation, they needed an accusation. And all this time, while the witnesses are coming forward, Jesus remains silent. He does not say anything. It makes us think of what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 53, that Jesus would be led as a lamb to the slaughter, and he would not open his mouth. And it annoyed Caiaphas, the high priest, that Jesus didn't say anything. And he asked him, he says, Sayest thou nothing? And Jesus refused. And then Caiaphas asks him a direct question. He says, Tell us whether thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And then Jesus could not be quiet anymore. Then Jesus owned and said, Thou hast said, yes, thou hast said what I am, the Son of God. And then as proof he said, And the day will come when that Son of Man will come upon the clouds of heaven to judge the quick and the dead. Oh, when Caiaphas hears this, he rends his clothes. He says, blasphemy, this man calls himself God, the Son of God. That is blasphemy, and blasphemy is worthy of death. Oh, now they had an accusation that they could bring to Pontius Pilate. Oh, then, <clears throat> we need to understand that they were looking for anything that they could use. And then they spit on him, and they smote him, and they prepared Jesus to take him to Pontius Pilate. But during this time, we must also focus on Peter's denial. We find this in Luke 22, verse 54 through 62. And then Peter, when he had gathered there amongst the people in the court or the palace of Caiaphas, we can imagine how uncomfortable he felt being among those people, the enemies of his master. And so as to make himself inconspicuous so that nobody would really realize him, he joined the people that were sitting at the fire. But one of those people, a maid, looked at him carefully, and she says, Thou art also one of them. And then Peter denied, and he says, Woman, I know him not. 
A little later, Peter had fled to the porch outside the court. Another maid damsel came and said, This fellow was also with him. And Peter again denied and said, I am not. I was not. And then, sometime later, another came and said, This fellow was with them, for he was, or he is, a Galilean. You can hear it in his speech. You can see it in his clothes. And then Peter swore an oath, saying, Man, I know him not. And then the cock crowed. Oh, when Peter heard that, then he looked at Jesus. And then Jesus looked at Peter. And it was that look of love in Jesus' eyes that broke Peter's heart. Because Peter now remembered what Jesus had said, that before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Oh, he had denied his master three times. Oh, he fled from that hall of Caiaphas. He went out and he wept bitterly. All we see there, the true repentance in the heart of Peter, that he had sinned against God, against his master, and all that sorrow in his heart. The question may come in your mind and mine, why would Peter have done this? Now there are two things that you should be aware of. First, it was not necessary. John was able to stand, but Peter fell because Peter thought he could stand in his own strength. But Jesus had prophesied and warned him that he would deny his master. Oh, that we may learn to know that we have no strength to stand. And that is the second warning for us. How often have you and I denied Jesus? Just think, if you are sitting in a public place to eat a meal, do you dare to pray? Do you dare to confess that you believe in Jesus? When you hear someone saying something wrong, when you hear someone taking God's name in vain, do you dare to speak up and to stand up for the name and for the sake of Jesus? Oh no, we do not have to point fingers at Peter. We have to always point the fingers back to us. But then we see in part three, Judas' death. Because early in that morning, the Jews, rulers, had bound Jesus and were leading him to Pontius Pilate. Oh, if possible, they wanted Pontius Pilate to condemn Jesus before the people would wake up. Oh, they were still afraid of the people. And yet they went to the home and the palace of Pontius Pilate. And when Judas now understands 
that Jesus has been condemned, oh, then he realizes that he had done something wrong. And therefore, he takes those 30 pieces of silver. Oh, they are now burning a hole in his hands. And he takes them to the temple. And there he sees the priests. And he says to them, I have sinned that I have betrayed innocent blood. Oh, those priests are not concerned. They say, what have we to do with that? That is your problem. We have what we were hoping to have. We have captured Jesus. We have led him to Pontius Pilate. The rest is your worries. Oh, then Judas casts that money into the temple and he flees away from there. All his conscience was screaming at him. And then, oh how sad, look what he does. Instead of falling on his knees in true repentance and praying to God for forgiveness, he goes and he hangs himself. All it says that he was dashed to pieces. Oh, what an awful end for Judas to have been a disciple of Jesus, to have walked with him for three years. Oh, to have heard his warnings, his instruction, and now to hang himself. Oh, then we must confess that any person who takes his own life, suicide, cannot be saved. Then for Judas, it is eternal darkness. But what do the priests do with that money? They cannot put it in the treasury because they say that is the price of blood. And so the rulers take that money and they buy a field outside of the city. And that is a field that would be used to bury strangers. All it is called the field of blood uh, because it was bought with the price of blood. But now a question for you and me. What is true repentance? What was the difference between the repentance of Peter and the sorrow <clears throat> of Judas? Then we see that true repentance is a sorrow over sin, not a fear of punishment. And that is what we see in Peter the sorrow over sin that worketh true repentance, all that was why he wept so bitterly, because he had sinned and he was worthy of God's anger. But Judas was afraid of the punishment. We do not read that he ever fell on his knees to ask the Lord for forgiveness. May you and I Take that to heart, and may the Lord work that true repentance in your heart and in mine. Then we will flee unto him, and then he will forgive those who repent. And we will see that in the future, also in Peter's life. Thank you.